1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CT Mobile.com.
0: Which brings us to our full court press here at the Amway Center tonight in Orlando. Adrian Woznarowski of YahooSports.com. You know him, you've heard the name. You've read his stuff, and the reason you have is because he's the guy now. If you watch the NBA draft, he had all the picks before Adam Silver had him. How did you do that, by the way? Tell us, tell us the truth. How did you have every single pick before any of us even knew? And why did we all bother watching? If you-
1: <laughs> well, we, you know, that's what that's what we do at Yahoo. We try to get up in the morning and. See if we can wreck uh, ESPN's TV events.
0: <laughs> what uh, What brings you to uh, to Orlando tonight, which is obviously in many ways no longer uh, one of the hotbeds of the NBA after it being one for the last decade?
1: Yeah, no. I, actually, I was down here on a family Thanksgiving vacation at Disney. Now, now I need a vacation from my vacation after three days in the Magic Kingdom with the kids. But uh, no, it was a good chance to come over and see the Magic, I haven't even seen uh, Boston in person uh, yet this year. So a uh, good chance to come out and uh, see, see both teams before I flew home tomorrow.
0: It's obviously obscenely early, but what the heck, we're media. is what we do. So do you think when it happened, when the moment happened after two years of buildup to the deal and what they could get and how they were going to rebuild their team, did they in the moment now, as we're talking at the late November of 2012, does it seem as if they got the best deal they could? Well, the criticism everybody had of the Magic when they did
1: this deal was not taking Andrew Bynum back. Why wouldn't you take back a 24-year-old center, uh, all-star center, and we're we're seeing the reason now. Um, And they had – Orlando had two concerns. They had great concerns about his knees, um, as did Philly. Uh, His career is in jeopardy right now, not just this season, but his career is in jeopardy. But as much as that – they felt like he was a player who was never going to play a full season. And by year four or five, the damage that had already been done to his knees, that this was a new regime and the idea of um, making the deal, bringing him in, and then giving him a max deal for a player who had not played a full season uh, until last year. Um, you know, I think it's worked out fine for the Magic. They had, they've had, they got a couple young players in Vucevic and Mo Harkless and Andrew Nicholson, who, you know, they'll start to build around. They'll be back in the lottery this year. They'll have lots of cap space. And, you know, Orlando's always been a place, free agent-wise, that, um, you know, players have always had interest in coming to Florida, coming here. So, um, you know, they've – I think they probably did looking back now as well as they could have.
2: Well, you look at this team and, and, you know, building around Big Baby, there seems to be so much um – when it comes to Big Baby, the coaching staff. Have you you read anything else about, you know, what's going on with him? My Boston fans would definitely like to know that. Well, you know, they're depending on him at least this year
1: to you know, really anchor this group with JJ Redick. Those are the veterans and you know, these aren't frontline players anywhere else, but they're guys who have been around winning teams and been part of winners. I think part of the reason with with Big Baby is they always felt he has a very tradable contract and that they didn't insist on putting him in that Bynum deal. Same thing with Reddick, because they knew these players would have value on the market. And I think every veteran they have here in Orlando, at some point here, they're going to end up trying to move them to get younger, to get, um, uh, you know, maybe another pick out of it. So I think most of the veterans are just temporary here right now.
0: And speaking of younger players and building through the draft, you were in Brooklyn a few days ago and you saw Shabazz Muhammad, who a lot of people are thinking is going to be the number one pick. And that's probably the worst thing that could happen to any young player because we start picking out the flaws yeah. in their game right now. And obviously, no one can really live up to that. What seeing him live? What did you think? Well, it, he's a, and as what all the
1: NBA scouts and GMs who were there that night said, he's a guy you're just going to have to see more of. It wasn't fair to judge him. He hadn't practiced much. Yep. He just gotten eligible. He had some injuries this summer where he had been away from the court. You could see he was a little out of shape, but he he's very skilled. And and the one thing that uh, and you saw in that game, even when he was trying to find his way around um, and you know trying to fit in with a group he hadn't played much with yet, is he plays really hard. And his competitiveness is what NBA guys who watched him even in high school when they were scout him at the All Star games felt. But this is going to be one of those drafts where, you know, as one executive said to me. Whoever is the number one overall pick, he's going to play himself into it over the course of this college season, whether it's Cody Zeller at Indiana or Muhammad at UCLA. Last year, the minute Anthony Davis showed up at Kentucky, everybody knew he was the number one pick. This year, um, you know, there's not that guy who's – there are no franchise – well, at least there are no apparent franchise changers in this draft. Maybe somebody will develop into that, but right now there's – you know, you're not going to see teams tanking um, like we did last year to try to get the number one pick.
2: (laughs) What? That would never happen. If you see these teams, as you said, tanking, and, you know, there seems to be a lot of, um, I guess, problems about that, you know, with, with general fans and people who are outside. Is anything the NBA could possibly do to change this whole circumstance? You know, and
1: I think they've tried to do it by the
2: weighting of
1: the draft lottery. That, hey, listen, Charlotte had by far the most ping pong balls in last year. And the difference between getting Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and Anthony Davis, you know, Kidd-Gilchrist is going to be a fine NBA player, but you can always get another one of those. Davis is a difference maker. But even in that way, you know, teams, you're still going to see teams do it. And I, I think it, I really think it has a dramatic, more of a dramatic effect on teams and the culture of an organization. When you do that and the players think that the management doesn't care about winning, why should I go play hurt? Why should I? Why should I dive into the stands for that ball? Why should I, you know, I, I just think you set an awful tone for an organization. Yeah. When you do that, yes. it's, it's almost never worth it in the end. And once you let that into your locker room and into your organization, it doesn't just magically go away the next year when you get, maybe you even, you get that good player. Um, I, I, you know, I think it's, um, I, I think it's paid off in very few instances.
0: They fixed uh, flopping and working on flopping in games, and now flopping entire games, obviously, would be the issue they'll have to attack them. Yeah, and, and you,
1: you just lose the credibility with your fan exactly. base. People aren't dumb, and they see it.
0: Yeah. And um, No. You know, and it's just,
1: yeah, I, I think it's um, it's such a loser mentality, and uh, organizations who do it, I, I, I just have so little respect for.
0: It. Adrian Rosnarowski from Yahoo Sports joining us now. You wrote the definitive piece on Ray Allen's decision in the 24-48 hours after it happened in July and emotions obviously it's funny because they're so strong right away and then the games start and time goes on there's different storylines but obviously all roads will eventually lead way right back to Boston in that game in covering the story the way that you did do you have an understanding for why Boston fans are so divided and how why there will be some negative reaction towards him when he comes back
1: there's no question that's it's sports it's emotional and you know I think players in a league have maybe less of a problem with Ray going to a rival, Um, I think some players in the league do have it and say, hey, I never would have gone to, especially with what Boston and Miami had. And I I think if Ray had gone to any of the other 28 teams that he could have gone to, I I think it would have been, the fact that he went to Miami, I think amplified this and and took it to a level. And and I think Ray was a little naive about how people were going to react. I think Ray thought that, you know, his place in New England, not just Celtic history, but New England history at UConn and what he did with Boston, that I, I think he was taken back um, by the reaction to it. And I'm surprised he's surprised, you know, and I'm sure you guys are too because I think, you know, you, hey, you can do it and go to Miami and play, and that's great. It was He's a free agent. He earned the opportunity and right to go anywhere. But, but I, I was a little surprised that Ray – uh, d- didn't see this coming.
0: He, like all of us, he wanted it all. He wanted to do what he wanted to do and yet keep the legacy, which is more important to him than it is to most guys. Y- Fair enough? Yeah, a- absolutely. And I-, I think, you know, if
1: he had stayed and finished in Boston, I I, I don't know. It's hard to get your number retired for the Celtics. It really is, and there's so many. But I, I got to believe he would have. Certainly, it would have been
2: in the discussion,
1: but you, you know, we know.
2: No, it that, won't that's happen. Never,
1: now. now, of course, that's not going to happen. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I'm on the other side of that whole thing with Ray. Um, of the boo, just clarify for people of the booing him or the reaction to him well, or of the number well, going up of everything, really. Basically, when we talk about booing Ray, and you know, I just saw a guy who came there, played hard. He was injured. He felt greatly maligned because their possibility of all these trades happening around him. We saw him several times. And to me, his legacy is sealed, uh, as you said, in New England, as in a Boston Celtic. And as time goes on, I think, you know, all these wounds are healed. And, and I'll be the person, you know, that you can go to and say that about, because it, it literally took me 15 years for me to, by the time I put on the Celtic jersey and left it and then came back and had my jersey retired again. So, so it, it is one of those things, again, I just see – you didn't heel. choose
0: to leave and you didn't choose to leave to go play for the well,
2: rival. You well, know? once you got once it didn't make any difference, once you got the dead pan from Red and once you got the <laughs> saying, once you got dead, you, dead to you, me. Once you got dead from Red, that was normally a sign, even with the media, that you know, you could no longer come back. No, and, and
1: I, I agree with you, Cedric. When you say down the road, I do think listen, it's gonna be hard for Ray as long as he's still wearing that Miami uniform this year, next year, however long he plays there. But I agree with you, someday he's going to come back to Boston for some ceremony. They're going to bring his team back, and he'll get a great ovation. I, yeah. I agree with Cedric on that, but but it's not going to happen while he's still playing for the Heat. That That's
0: for sure. Well, if you, speaking of being dead to red, if you're dead to Jim Buss, I guess, no matter what happens, <laughs> uh, one of the most bizarre things is it was going on over that weekend. I think all of us just assumed that Phil Jackson was going to be the guy, especially people that have mock Twitter accounts of yours. Um, <laughs> how, on the surprise level, when most of us were just leaning, I think the reason I'll, I'll tell that story about somebody who has, you know, now you become such a big superstar, people are <laughs> ripping off your, your Twitter handle, and some people uh, got fooled, myself included, when Robert Flores, my buddy at ESPN, saw it and didn't really look, and that's how it works now, it's one of the reasons Twitter is so scary and dangerous, but it was also, I think, because all of us were expecting it to come any minute, right. expecting you to be the one to break it, that we were all shocked, that it didn't happen. Why did it not happen?
1: I, Phil had that job when he met with ownership, when he met with Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak that Saturday morning. They, they weren't really – he had that job in that meeting. If he sat in that meeting and made it very clear to them that he wanted to coach, that he was still – that he could handle the travel, that, that that he wanted this job, he would have had that job. And, and I think Kupchak has said that since, but there's no question. But when Phil walked out of that deal kind of still – um, he, he had made, there were things he wanted, he never in his wildest dreams imagined that they would just walk away and go give it to Mike D'Antoni and and I think Phil's going to regret if he truly wanted to coach that Laker team, he'll regret this because he's never going to have a better chance a better situation to come back out of retirement and coach than that team in that city you know, with his group that's certainly you know, ready to win he'll have plenty of other opportunities but there's very few that will excite Phil Jackson that, that are going to
0: be available to him out there now. I thought he was going to make history coaching with an iPad on FaceTime. We're just going to hold it up during during timeouts. Adrian Wojnarowski, as always, we appreciate the time. Obviously, that's how we know it's a big game. If we see you hanging around, then we know we're at the center of the NBA, yeah, at least for one right, night. Right, right.
1: Uh, Sean, uh, Max, I appreciate it, guys. Good right, to guys. see you, man.
0: Adrian Wojnarowski of YahooSports.com. We will take our trip around the NBA next on the WEI Celtics Radio Network.